Hello, everyone. Welcome to the special episode of Coffee with Kelly. I have brought back with me uh, Libby Schaefer, who wrote this book, Our Brothers Keepers. It's a remembrance of 9-11. This event changed everyone's life that was alive at that time. I know a lot of the small children don't remember how things were, but we need to make sure that everyone never forgets, and that's the importance of this book. Um, Libby, I wanna thank you for writing this. The, I got this book and I read it in two days. The stories in here are phenomenal. You. And you start the book, the first chapter saying, like everyone else, I have to say where I was that day. And when you meet someone and that conversation comes up, everybody has a story about yes, where they, they were that day. So um, you, you want to tell a little bit about that story? Uh, it is the first chapter in the book. I had just retired from teaching, and I did not want to retire. But I got mold in my lungs from the high school where I taught, and I persevered with it for 10 years mm -hmm. living on steroids. And I realized at that point, if I wanted to be alive to retire, I needed to. So I was feeling terribly sorry for myself, sitting in the family room, watching the morning news when the first plane hit. And I was astounded. Mm -hmm. Called my husband who was at work, who was in a state of shock, mm -hmm. like everyone else. And then I thought, it was a rude awakening because I thought, why are you feeling sorry for yourself? You are so blessed, you are here. And then I became terribly afraid. Mm -hmm. Where were they going to attack? It had to be something horrible. Big planes could not fly over New York. And like everyone else, I lived in fear mm -hmm. for quite a while. Mm -hmm. And then anger. And then I wanted to go to New York and help until I was told that with my lungs it would be the biggest mistake of all. And it would. Yes. As we have found out through the years, a lot of the people have lung issues. Um, some of the people in this book, uh, we were just talking. Uh, I just want to say that the one big thing after 9-11 that I felt, I personally, I was in Las Vegas on vacation. And it comes a point where you're on vacation where you see people that are stuck there that can't leave. And now That's it's right. not a vacation. No. Someone in the book talks about where they were concerned about letting the woman that was with the... Um, uh, she drove a cross country. Marge. Her name was, yes. Marge Kranzfelder. Yes. And where she was staying in the hotel, she had a direct view of the planes hitting the trade centers. And they were concerned about letting people stay because of people coming in. Well, that turned out not to be. No, no one was coming in. Nobody was coming in. I left Las Vegas, and usually if you've been, anyone's ever been to that airport, when you're leaving, you're up on uh, like on an upper level and you look down to the baggage claim. There was one bag on the carousel going round and round and round. There was nobody down there. It was a ghost town. Yes. But the one thing I want to say is patriotism. We all became Americans and that is said again and again and again in these stories. It was not what ethnic background you were. It was not what religion you were. It was, we are Americans. Not what race you were. Not what race you were. Everybody was together. Yes. We were united. Yes. For six months. Yes. And it's yeah. too bad that could not have continued um, on and on and on. But 
Libby, do you have a favorite story in this book or a story you'd like mm. to highlight from this book? <clears throat> I will tell you the one, This there are several, but one, one was of a woman who by herself flew from Oregon with her therapy dog, Tikva, and yes. she came to provide solace to the mm -hmm. responders. She paid for her own flight. She paid for her own hotel. And she had to find transportation back to the hotel at night. And she told me when she went to the pile, mm -hmm. which is what they referred to mm -hmm. the area, she saw these men who were sitting on upside-down buckets, searching through, thinking that possibly, possibly they could find something, and there was nothing. Mm -hmm. And her dog knew and sensed that and was able to go over and literally lay her head on the laps of those men Aww. and provide them with some peace right while they were there s sifting through this ugly ugly dust mm -hmm. that was a graveyard that's one story it was there's one other one if i could tell it oh please do two responders who were there every single day and there were two entrances one was west street mm -hmm. and one um was through the tunnel and every single day when they came, the National Guard was there preventing people from walking in. But there were families there. They were holding pictures, begging, have you seen my son? Have you seen my daughter? Have you seen my husband? Have you seen my wife? And in addition, there were canopies set up on West Street, and there were people there 24 hours a day holding bottles of water. And one little old lady in a house dress was there holding a sleeve of what was Ritz crackers wanting to do something to give something to these people who were there and two of the men who were there searching every single day said finally they couldn't stand it anymore because this one couple begged them every day please take this picture tell us if you've seen our son and so the one day they took in a small ziplock bag and they went into where they were stationed and they filled it full of the black dust mm -hmm. that was there and brought it out and wrote their son's name on it and gave it to them. And they never came back again mm. because it gave them peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's what everybody wants. Just everybody, there were so many people lost. Um, in the book, they say there was like 343, 343 firefighters. And counting. And counting. And many more have lost their lives to this day because the disease goes on and on and on. One person that is mentioned several times in the book is Ray Pfeiffer. Who was one of the firefighters who, who fought, who lost his life. Yes. And you know, this happened in 2001. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until 2019 when the real benefits came in. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the people who fought. And John Stewart, the comedian. Yes. Constantly went to Congress. And, and there were members of Congress. And don't, you can't mention the party who said... But well, they're going to double dip. They're, it's not needed without realizing. And it took Ray and many of the others with John Stewart to go and to sit and demand that they be listened to. He yeah. lost his life, but he did a great service. A service. And he would give the uh, uh, congressman, he would hand him a mask card from a officer who lost it from his life because right. of 9-11. Um, the illness and the EPA being out, and I'm not trying to be controversial at all, but the EPA was out, all oh, the air is safe, air is safe. The masks that they were given, they read in the book, were nothing. They had no filters. If they were given tanks, 
was only one filter and that had to be changed every day. Mm-hmm. At the start, they had paper masks. Yes. And yes. yet every single one of them, when I spoke to them, if it was a firefighter, if it was a volunteer, if it was a medical staff, if it was from the police department, and I said to them, if you knew then mm-hmm. what you know now, mm-hmm. every single one looked at me as if I was crazy and said, what do you mean? Of course we would be there. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's their job. Yes. They're going to be there. Just like the ones going up the, the stairs to help people. Who never came everybody down. everybody else, yeah, that never yeah. came down and were never found. Yeah. Um, someone else, too, that uh, my, uh, Father Michael, um, what was his last name? Uh, of, of New York. Of New York. Yeah. Yeah, he, he lost his life. Lost that day. his life, but he, um, Tom King, had a connection with him. He mentions he his, had a brother who was in prison. Yes, and his family knew him well. And actually, Tom King's mother was also there on 9/11. She worked six floors below ground, so uh, the family had really tight, really ties to the father, mm-hmm. and very well-known man, very kind man. And they knew him because of their family history, mm-hmm. because of weddings, you know, baptisms. Mm-hmm. And he was standing outside and when he lost his lost life. Lost his life, yeah. Yeah, same thing with Steve Seiler. I think that was, no, Steve Seiler was uh, Tunnel for Towers. That was his brother. That was Tunnel for, that was his and brother. And he was going, he was in the Trade Center, yes. I think, when he lost yes. his life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so because of uh, Ray Pfeiffer, we have the World Trade Center Health Program, and we have the World Trade Center survivor network and those are both um health plans for people who are survivors yes so important to get that out there if people don't know about that and it needs to be understood that despite that we have those programs not everyone is covered Uh, last year i had a phone call from a former student okay who was there that day and was walking into the first tower when the first plane hit Mm -hmm. and like so many, stood there in total shock for far Mm -hmm. too long with debris falling. He's in his 40s. He now has a 9-11 illness, Mm -hmm. and he has been denied coverage. Oh, wow. So not everyone is receiving coverage. Okay, okay, but that's good But those acts are there, and it's a long process that Uh people have to Uh apply. Any other stories um, without giving away the book um, or anything you want to say about how how was it writing this book? I mean, I cried every emotional. day I did an interview. I, I would imagine. And I still cry when I read some of the stories. But right. one story, I had the opportunity to sit with the man who was the air traffic control supervisor at Pittsburgh at Airport. At Pittsburgh. I just read his story. Where Flight 93 went down. And he told me the entire time he believed there was something he could do, something he could do to prevent what happened that day. Mm-hmm. And so for months after, he went to, to ground zero. Mm-hmm. He went to, to, to Shanksville to the field and mm-hmm. he sat early in the morning, late at night, mm-hmm. because he could not wrap his mind around the fact that he should have been able to do something. Right. And I also got to meet the fire chief, Terry Schaefer there, who left work, he worked for Pepsi Corporation, left work, raced to get home, raced to get to that field, thinking that they were there to rescue people and there was no one to rescue. Now, he was a volunteer firefighter? That entire Shanksville Fire Company, until this day, is volunteer. volunteer. They are not paid. Yes. And they left work, and they got there, and he spent weeks crawling on the ground, sifting through mm. what was left, looking 
for rings, mm-hmm. looking for something that mm-hmm. would give them information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those stories amaze me. And then also I met the priest who was head of the, all the, uh, the, the clergy at the Pentagon. Oh. And he was there that day mm-hmm. and should have been in the office that was hit. Oh. He was in a meeting there but had to leave, and so one of the other priests took his place. And on that day, he told me he lost his best friend and then had to do the funeral mass for him later. He also got to go to Ground Zero mm-hmm. to pray. Mm-hmm. And it's something that when I hear people say, you know, it's a farce, the Pentagon was never hit. Having been to the places and seen, I don't know how you could question and how you could change history. Mm-hmm. But he too was there. These people are all, in my mind, heroes. They're not right. just survivors. Right. Right, exactly. Now, you, we were saying, uh, do you want to announce what you told me, or is that something? I, I had been asked before, would I consider writing an anniversary book? Yes. Because 25 years will be coming up. And at first I thought, no. And then speaking to my former student again, I decided that it's something I'm going to do. And it's going to take me, it took me two years to write Our Brothers Keepers. Right. It's going to take me two years again. Right. So I am open to anyone. My policy is... None of the stories are told by me. Correct. I I merely give voice to the people who live them, and it's in their words the stories are told. They are given the stories back, and they have the right to decline. They have the right to make corrections, deletions, and that's what I intend Mm -hmm. to do again. Mm -hmm. So I am looking forward. I'm probably going to cry a lot, but I'm going to do a lot of interviews in my travels, and I'm willing to speak to anyone who would like to speak to me to tell their story because... We can't forget. No. We can't rewrite history. No. It happened, and many, many more have passed away since. Yes. And we have a generation now that was born after, and they don't know, and they don't know the effects. Just like for my grandmother, Pearl Harbor. And growing mm-hmm. up, I never thought to ask her, where were you doing that day? How was your life affected? And last year I spoke, I try to go somewhere different every year. And last year I was in Winter Park, asked by that student because they moved to Florida. Uh huh. And he and his wife every year, in memory of 9-1-1, cook dinner for an entire fire company. Oh, and wow. so I went. Only one member of the fire company knew about that day, and that was the chief. They were all too young. They were too young. And we they have were too to young. constantly remind people. Yes, we do of these events that have happened in our lifetime and the importance of them. We can't change history. No, we can't. But we can stop it from happening again if we learn from it. And that's the importance of history and why I love history. I love the stories. Libby, I can't thank you enough for writing this book and coming on here again with me. Um, You know, we we should never forget. And this book, Our Brother's Keeper, for those who have forgotten and those who never knew, you can buy it on Amazon. I did buy it on Amazon. Is it in our local bookstore? It's in Copperfish Books. It's okay. in Books a Million. Books a online. Million. Yeah. It's Barnes and Noble, no? Barnes and Noble online. Yeah. Yes. So go to your local bookstores, look this up, purchase this book. It's a quick read. Um, it's something that um, I have three grandchildren, and as they get older, I will make sure that they have this book, and I will read the stories to them. This is very important. So thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And-